back to lesson two on the process. Yesterday, I talked about how when God desires to do anything great in the life of an individual, he always brings them through a process. And in lesson two, I want to get into the text that's going to be our launching pad for the rest of these lessons. And that's through the life of Jacob in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 10. Let's delve into the text together, shall we? Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took up the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it unto thy seed. Verse 16, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. Verse 22, last scripture. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. I want to talk to you today about when that stone became a pillow and that pillow became a pillar and that pillar became God's house. And I want to continue our series today on the process, the process. We have to understand something about Jacob is that Jacob, he had fooled his brother into giving him his birthright. Not only fooling his brother to giving him his birthright, he went a step beyond that and he fooled his father that was old with age and dim with vision to give him the blessing. He dressed up in goat's hair and Esau's clothes and he tried to behave as Esau lied and said he was Esau. And Isaac and his feeble nature, he was fooled by his son and released the blessing on him. And at this time, we don't see a recorded prayer of Jacob. We don't see Jacob ever having a glimpse of God or his majesty. But he, we see that he has a desire, but we have yet to see the fruits of his prayer or devotion to God. We see his zeal that was tainted with his own ambition. And the Bible says that Esau now wanted to kill him uh, for uh, taking the blessing from him. And so Rebecca comes up with the plan to send Jacob back to Mesopotamia, where she was from, to dwell with Laban, her brother. And so Jacob is on the run from Esau. And in this text in Genesis 28, he comes to a dark place and he lays himself down and he grabs a stone 
and he puts it for a pillow to get some rest in that dark place, in that dark spot, in that rough area. He grabs a stone and puts it for a pillow. Now, at first glance in the text, you would just read over that as if that's not a big deal. But nowhere else in the scripture does it ever mention a stone being used for a pillow. Why would God show us this in the text? Here's why. Because remember, Jacob is going back to Mesopotamia, the land that Abraham, his grandfather, had come out of. He's going back to. And Mesopotamia was the first place to ever invent the pillow. Oh, I hope you catch that right now. Mesopotamia, according to history and historical documents, Mesopotamia was the first place ever to invent the pillow. And they used stones for pillows. Feathers wouldn't become popular till hundreds of years later for pillows. During this time, Mesopotamia, the place that invented the pillow, they used stones for pillows. And only the wealthy had access to these pillows. These types of stone pillows were only found in kings' houses and in kings' palaces. These types of pillows were not for the commoners or the peasants in that day. Kings are the ones that use stones for pillows. So Jacob is going back to Mesopotamia believing that he is going to have to have a whole new way of life and he is hoping that he's going to be prosperous when he goes back to the land of his grandfather. So he picks up a stone in his zeal and he lays down and uses it for a pillow and he is hoping that he is going to be prosperous, make a lot of money when he goes back to Mesopotamia with his new lifestyle. And with that Mesopotamian concept, he goes to sleep. And when he goes to sleep, he has a dream of the angels of the Lord, angels of God, ascending and descending on a ladder. That is a Mesopotamian dream. Because the Mesopotamian religious construct of the day believed in ziggurats. They made ziggurats, which was a staircase to heaven. It was a ladder to heaven where they believed that the angels of God ascended on this ladder and they descended on this ladder. And that the gods were confined to this ladder, this construct, where they believed that they could send messages and angels would send those messages to the God on that ladder. And those angels would come back down on that ladder, on that staircase and bring messages back to man. That was a Mesopotamian religious dream that Jacob had. But it's interesting. There's a noticeable difference with this dream. Because the Bible says that the Lord stood above the ladder. Oh, I feel like preaching to somebody. What God was saying was, Jacob, I am greater than the religion of your forefathers that they came out of. I am greater than any religious thought process you can have of me. I am greater than 
than the, those things. I will not be confined to a ladder. I will not be confined to your minimum finite thought process about me. I am greater than that religion. I am sovereign. I am the creator of everything. I am bigger and I will not be confined to those religious constructs of the past that your grandfather came out of. And the Bible says that Jacob woke up out of that dream and said, Surely the Lord is in this place that I knew it not. We see Jacob's first recognition of God uh, as God interrupted his dream on a path that he thought that he was heading himself. God interrupted it and showed him that he had a plan in the middle of this process. We see the beginning of Jacob's journey with the Lord. That God had to interrupt him with the dream of angels. And show that he was greater than any of his zeal. And any of his thought processes of the past. And it's interesting because in the Old Testament. God reveals himself to Jacob as being above the ladder. Above his thought process above and greater than everything but in the new testament it's interesting because god comes below the ladder he comes below man's thoughts john chapter 1 verse 51 jesus revealing himself to the people he said this day you will see the angels of god Ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. In the Old Testament, God stands above it. In the New Testament, God humbles himself in a body and comes below it. Because he realized, you can't understand me. Oh, I'm going to preach to somebody. In the Old Testament, God says, you can't understand me. I am too great to even come close to being understood. But in the New Testament, God sees the frailty of man and how man is grasping for revelation and understanding. So God humbles himself in a body born in a, in a manger, born in Bethlehem. The fullness of God comes in the man Christ Jesus our Lord dwells among men for 33 and a half years to reveal himself in his fullness in a body. Because God says that's the only way you're going to grasp me if I leave the splendors in the heaven, leave the walls of Jasper, the pearly gates, leave the praises of angels. And humble myself and come under and dwell among you. That I might be touched with the feelings of your infirmities. So you can finally see me. Because I'm too great to be understood. So I've got to humble myself and come in your likeness. So you can understand me. We see God in the process willing to work with Jacob. Trying to struggle and grasp and give him understanding of what he has called and what he has created to be. Notice that God is trying to get to Jacob before Jacob ever becomes Israel. Before Jacob ever uh, has 12 sons. Before Jacob's ever married. God is trying to press in and reveal his nature to Jacob. That's what I want to talk to you about 
on lesson two, the first part of this process, where God is doing whatever he can to get a hold of you, to let you know that there is something great. He'll give you a dream to pursue after. He'll give you a visit, an angelic visitation. He will, he, he will do whatever he has to do. He'll put you in a dark place because he has a purpose and a destiny for you that he wants you to strive after. But this is just the beginning where he is just pushing you into an uncomfortable place to finally get your ears tuned to his voice and to his word and to his power. Jacob thought that God would use him in this way, putting his head on the pillow, going back to Mesopotamia, just being wealthy, but with no thought of relationship with God. But God interrupted his plans with the vision and saying, no, Jacob, I got a plan for you much greater than making money. I got a plan for you much greater than going back and doing what Nahar and your grandfather did before he encountered me. I am inviting you on a journey where you're going to be transformed from Jacob to Israel. You're going to be a patriarch. You're going to have 12 children and they're going to be the founding block of the nation of Israel that's going to go down in history. If you have much greater plans for you, Jacob, but I have to bring you through this process to teach you and train you into what I'm calling you to be. Be encouraged. You may be wondering what are these glimpses that God is giving you? What what is going on in your life? You go to youth camp, you go to youth commission, God gives you a glimpse of it. It gives you a dream of it. That's God trying to press his plan into your spirit, into your consciousness, into your heart to let you know he's in this place and you don't know what he's trying to do yet. But if you could just tune in and stay on this journey, it's just the beginning of something great. Looking forward to getting into lesson three tomorrow where we're going to go into the next part of Jacob's journey as we see his walk with God unfold. I'm excited to get into it. Make up your mind. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to learn about him. And I'm going to allow him to make me and mold me in this process. God bless you.